Are you ready for a wake-up call? We want to help reach the heart and soul of a city, and it's not going to happen with lukewarm hearts. It's going to happen by people that are engaged in prayer, who love to serve God, who He is the primary focus of their life. Everything else is secondary to their primary passion. Welcome back to Moody Presents, coming to you from the studios of Moody Radio in Chicago. Mark Job is president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church. We're in Revelation chapter 2 today, continuing our study of what some call the loveless church, Ephesus. You know, a bit of biblical history reveals that some 30 years before, this same early church had been commended for their love. So what happened? All right, let's get right to the heart of the matter now. Here's Pastor Mark. You've lost, you've left your first love, and this is not like they had lost it. And and sometimes people say you've lost your first love. The word used here is you've walked away from your first love. You have departed from your first love. This was a series of decisions that you have made that has caused you to not to have the love that you had at one time. Now, what is a first love? Well, there's two things involved in this first love. There's the chronology of it, which means it's the love you had at first, but also there's the priority of this love, the quality of the love. And both things are implied in this passage, that the love that they had for Jesus and God at this time was different than their first love. The quality of it had decreased. You see, if I were to survey people in this auditorium today, I think probably 99.9%, if I were to say, would do you love God, do you love Jesus, you would give me a hearty, of course I do. You see, I wouldn't, hear, I wouldn't be here, Pastor Mark, if I didn't love Jesus. Sure, I got issues in my life, and it's not perfect, and I struggle sometimes, but I love God. And I don't doubt your love for God. But the warning, the challenge is this. What is the quality of that love? Because there's a love, there is a love. Oh, there is a love. There is a love that captures your heart. There is a love that motivates your spirit. There is a love that makes you weep when you aren't a weeper. There is a love that pushes you forward. There is a love that gives you a vision. There is a love that propels you, inspires you, motivates you, pushes you on. There is a love that burns with passion. There is a love that has fire inside of it. There is a love that cannot be contained by your heart, and it's called the first love. That is the kind of love that the Spirit of God is searching for, longing for, looking for, desiring a first kind of love in our heart. Now I have to admit, I've known God for a long time. I've walked with Jesus for a long time. And in my own life, there is a natural tendency to degenerate to the level of spirituality around me unless I intentionally look to God and say, God, revive, refresh me once again. And over the years, I can point to times in my life where God has had to break me because my love got stale. 
I remember one time years ago, the church was growing and people were coming to Christ. I was a little burned out, though, I just, just doing a lot of ministry. How many of you know you can do a lot of ministry but kind of lose your connection with the very one that you're doing ministry for? It's like marriage. You know, you could do a lot of work around the house and get everything ready, but your wife said, hey, hey, when's the last time we had a date? And I remember a, a woman called me, and, and she was a woman with a lot of problems. And the secretary said, so-and-so's on the phone. I thought, ah. Oh. Why'd you tell her I'm in? So I got on the phone, and I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this person has a lot of issues, problems. And I thought we just had a long conversation last week about these issues. And I, I remember thinking, okay, and I gave some pat answer. When I hung up the phone, have you ever felt the sharp, serious conviction of the Holy Spirit. As soon as I hung up the phone, I felt like the Spirit of God said to me, I love that woman. I love her. She's not a problem person to me. She's a woman that I love. I remember no one was in the room, but I hung up that phone and I fell on my knees and I wept like a baby because I realized my heart had gotten hard. I cried and I fell and I said, God, forgive me. Because the moment I see people as problems rather than as individuals who you love and have a destiny and purpose for your life, God's the moment that I have lost your love because, Jesus, you're not that way. And I cried and I slobbered and I said to God, God, I need a fresh baptism of your love. God, I'm not going to continue on because I don't want to look at and, and just not like people, Lord. I don't want to be one of those pastors that's in ministry that doesn't like people. <laughs> Believe me, there's a lot out there. I want to love like you love Jesus. I want to love. God broke my heart deeply, and it didn't happen just overnight, but it was a series of events in my life where I felt like I gained a fresh love for his people. You see, when you have your first love, you love what God loves. You hate what God hates. You love what God loves. And so the Spirit of God says to this group of people that's meeting there, he says, listen, you've lost your first love, and it's a big issue. Not that you don't love God, but you've lost the quality and the quantity, the passion of your first love. And then he gives them a three-part restoration process. Three simple steps. And I don't even have to force this on the text. You know, preachers always look for the three points. This is like written out, laid out. He said to them very simply, the three start with R, remember, repent, and re-engage. I want to talk to you for a moment about that. He says to them in this passage, you've forsaken your first love, so, verse 5, remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. The first thing he tells them to do is remember. Remember the height from where you have fallen. You see, I believe that one of the things that God does to stir up our first love is he reminds us of the time when we were really engaged in our first love. 
Man, I think of the church of Ephesus, but I also think of new life. I think of, of the early days of passion and fire. I think of praying in a nursery with some of the leaders that were there, six of us crying out to God and saying, God, we are so desperate, we're, we're, we're so stuck, God, that unless you show up, unless you are part of this, God, I'm walking out on it. We're desperate for you, God. You have to show up. And I remember with leaders in this, this nursery with little cribs around, crying in the basement of 44th and Polina, God, you have to be here, you have to show up. We're desperate for you. I remember getting so serious about sin that we had a big sin bin in the entrance of the church and everybody was throwing, uh, some of you remember that, right? And they were throwing uh, CDs and, and garbage and, and Playboy magazines and I mean, we filled that thing up big time and someone got so convicted over their TV that they brought in their little portable TV <laughs> and put it in there. And we had another guy that was discipling some people, and, and, and he shows up at my house in the evening. He says, hey, pastor, you know, I'm discipling. This guy has some stuff for the sin bin, and, and, and I don't want to keep it in my house. I said, okay, I'll take it to the church. I said, what is it? He says, it's a stack of kitty porn. I said, whoa. I, my wife said, that is not going to be in my house. So <laughs> we, we put it out in the balcony, and then in the morning, I put it in the backseat of my car, and I drove to the church, and, and then it struck me. What if I were in a car accident right now? Oh, Lord. <laughs> All over the newspaper heads. Pastor caught with. So I stuck it deep inside the, the place there. And then in a Sunday morning evening service, I had the bright idea that let's do a bonfire like in Ephesus and burn it. And so we took it to the yard outside the church, and we laid it all out. We doused it with gasoline. We were singing with guitars all around there. And we lit it on fire. Well, I didn't know there was TVs and all that stuff in there. I didn't know that would create a big black bellow smoke just going up there. I didn't know that the neighbors would all show up and call the firemen. I didn't know that the fire truck would show up. And sure enough, the whole neighborhood thought the church was burning down. And so we're all singing praise you, Lord. And we're getting all real nervous. The fire truck shows up. They all jump off the fire truck. So where's the fire? Fortunately, we had a fireman that was part of our worship service, and he tried to explain that this was a religious, uh, this was a religious ceremony. <laughs> the fire captain didn't seem too amused by a religious ceremony. He said, religious ceremony or not, put that fire out. So, the sincerity, the simplicity of Jesus, we're just going to follow you. We're not always the smartest people in the world, but we want to be... <laughs> Hey, we want to be passionate about your things, God. I remember prayer walking entire communities because we felt like there's people in our community that have never been prayed for. So we prayer walked entire communities one by one, praying over people. We went through a phase where we wanted to bless everybody. So we went around and went into, into, into businesses and we say, can we play blessing over you? And we had great conversations. Uh, went into a bar. I think Dave Garrett went into a bar and a big biker, he said, you know, can I pray blessing over you? The biker started almost teary-eyed, weeping because... He's praying blessing over him. 
The idea was, God, we, we, we know that you're here. We know that you're working. I remember when we laid hands on a building uh, because we needed a building so bad. And so we took the whole church out and we all laid hands on a building like this and almost caused accidents because people were looking to see what the drug bust was because we were like this. <laughs> oh, Jesus, like this on a building. And people were like, Where, where's, the, where's the cops? Where's the drug bust? I remember engaging on our first 40-day fast, just not really prepared for it, but about 40 people actually engaging in the 40-day fast. One guy was an electrician doing his job, and after a week of it, he, he, he almost passed out off the ladder, but, but, but committed to it, fasting and praying. And I pray to God, God, I hope, O oh Lord, that we don't get too grown up. Oh God, I pray that we not to get too grown up, too sophisticated. Oh God, I pray that we don't get so much experience that we, now we simply look strategically at how you can do things. I pray, God, that we keep a heart that says, Lord, we are weak and we are small and we, have, we don't know how to do what you've called us to do, but here's our heart, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You see, it's remember, remember. Remember when you, when you read the Bible and you wept over it? Remember when you just wanted to devour the word and you'd walk into a service and they'd be singing, here we are in God's presence and you, you just have to bow your head and weep because you felt like the presence of God was so powerful. Remember when you wanted to get up in the morning and seek God and call upon his name and that the more than your cup of coffee you wanted to experience his presence. Remember when you prayed believing that God was gonna answer your prayer and you'd lay hands on sick people around you and pray. Remember Remember when you would talk to everybody who you knew about the gospel and just share Jesus with them? Remember when you prayed over your lunch without dropping your napkin to pray? That's first love. Oh, maybe it looked a little corny and maybe it looked a little fanatical, but you know what? That's how first love is. That's just the way first love is. And God says, I want that kind of love. I desire that kind of passion in your love for me. You're listening to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job. More of our message is on the way as we turn next toward the restoration process. But first, let me remind you that you can head to our website to link up with our past programs. Plus, you know, you're just a click away from checking out the many other programs available through Moody Radio. There are even links there to our internet radio streaming channels that offer everything from Southern Gospel to praise and worship and everything in between. Did you know that we offer podcasts on a variety of topics, all geared to help you grow in your walk with Christ? Check it all out at moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. As one of the leading churches in its day, Ephesus veered off course. But you know, thankfully, God provided a way back to him, and he does the same for us today. Here again is Pastor Mark Job. Remember, remember where you have fallen from, it says. And it's not all about emotion, but it's about the priority of that love. 
It's about the centrality of that love. You see, what happens with many of us is we become believers for some time, we get our life in order, we're not in crisis anymore, and oftentimes God becomes a part of our life, but, but, but not the center. He's one more thing along with the health club and the kids and the job and our finances, but not the center of it all. When God is first love, he's at the core. Everything revolves around him. And then the Spirit of God says, I want, remember where you have fallen. Then it says this. Then he says to them, and also repent. Well, you say, well, Pastor, I didn't think it was a sin to lose your first love. Absolutely. Repent. Repent means not just to feel sorry about something, but repent means that you're so convicted about it that you turn away from it and go in another direction. That's what repent means. Repentance starts with confession, always. Confession is agreeing with God about something. You see, you'll never regain your first love until first of all, you repent of your pseudo love, of your lukewarm love, of your half-hearted love, of your, your, what you have exchanged your love for. You'll never, re, you'll never regain your first love until you admit and acknowledge this is not the heart that God wants me to have. This is not the condition or the love. He wants more than this. You'll never repent unless you realize and say, this is sin. I've let things crowd out my first love. And so I repent of it. I acknowledge that it's not where I need to be, and I'm willing to turn away from it and pursue God with a greater passion. We want to help reach the heart and soul of a city, and it's not going to happen with lukewarm hearts. Amen. It's not going to happen with, with so, so passionate love for God. It's going to happen by people that are emblazed with the passion of God, whose hearts burn vibrantly for this love of God, it, who are fueled by the word, engaged in prayer, who love to serve God, who he is the primary focus of their life. Everything else is secondary to their primary passion. And then lastly, the, uh, the spirit of John, the third thing he says, he says, remember, he says, repent, and the third thing he tells them to do is do the works you did in the beginning, re-engage. Now, I was thinking about this for a minute, and a lot of us think that maybe it would be hypocritical to do things when our heart is not quite there, but it really, it's all the opposite, because the way you get your heart there is you take your mind and your body and everything else there and ask your heart to follow. Uh, for example, if you're in a marriage right now that uh, has been around for 30 years and it's somewhat, it's, it's lost its first love. Uh, some people say, well, I don't feel it anymore. Since I don't feel it, you know, I, I better look for another one. No, 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 you got the wrong idea. What you need to do is exactly what it says here. You need to start doing the things you did in the beginning. You see, you need to start buying the flowers, writing the cards, having dates again. You need to start uh, having spontaneous hotel uh, excursions. You need to 
go out to eat and not talk about kids and finances and just talk about each other and look in each other's eyes and re-engage. You need to start doing the things you did at the beginning. You say, well, I don't feel like I did at the beginning. That's all right. Start doing what you did at the beginning and your feelings will follow. Some of you, you just this message is not about marriage, but that was the most important thing you heard this morning. Like, yeah. And it's the very same thing with God. Listen, listen to me well. It's the very same thing with God. You begin to do the things you did in the beginning. You begin to open your mouth and share with people around you. You begin to get up and get into the word and begin to read. You begin to worship God more freely even though you may not feel it at the time, but you do it. You begin to carve out time for the priority of it. Engage in the things that you did at first. Hey, some of you, when you came to Christ, you wanted to mentor and disciple a bunch of people. It's been years since you've mentored or discipled anybody. Your greatest joy was to baptize a new believer, but you know what? You you haven't done that in a long time. Your thrill was to serve, and you haven't done that. And what, what he says is, get back to it. Get back to what you did at the beginning. Start doing those same things that you did at the beginning and start asking that God will change your heart and reinvigorate you because if not, he says, I'm going to put out the light of your lampstand. Now, the great thing is this, by the way. I love this because I wondered to myself as I read this, I wondered, I wonder if they really heeded the word. And I found a document that was written in the second century, so it was written quite a few years after. And it was a document written by Ignatius of the Ephesians. And apparently the Ephesians did listen because a document written years later to this church says, you who are of the most holy church of the Ephesians, which is so famous and celebrated throughout the world, you being full of the Holy Spirit, do nothing according to the flesh, but all things according to the Spirit. You are complete in Christ Jesus. And I thought to myself, yeah, they listened. They repented. Their sons and daughters weren't lost. The second generation experienced revival. The people that knew Jesus for a long time re-engaged. They lived out their life passionate about the things of God. I close with this. One of my greatest inspirations in my life, one of the people that influenced me most with my walk with God was my father. This was his Bible. One of the greatest treasures that I have, his Bible. I have notes in here from messages that he preached. I don't preach out of it because it's the King James and some of you would be lost in the first verse that I read. <laughs> but you know what? Some of us assume that as we get older, our zeal and passion for God should diminish. One of the things that inspired me so much is that my dad died at the age of 60. I, I was there, he was in Spain living for God as a missionary, leading people to Christ. But he never lost his zeal. He never lost it. Never. To the end. 
He had a passion and a zeal for God. And I prayed so many times, oh God, don't let me lose it. Oh God, the simplicity of knowing Jesus, the purity and the passion and the simplicity of living for him, of pursuing him, of doing what he calls me to do, of not getting so complicated, not getting too wise in my own eyes, just simply a lover of Jesus that throughout the day asked, Lord, what is your will for my life and how can I follow you and how can I do your will? God, I want to live there and love people like God loves people, the first love. Don't ever lose it. And if you've lost it, may the Spirit of God say, it's time to come back. As you've been listening to Moody Presents today, maybe you're feeling a tug, a tug to return to your first love, Jesus. Perhaps your daily time with God has diminished, or maybe your marriage isn't what it ought to be. Could I pray for you right now that you would put the Apostle Paul's three-step restoration process in place today? Lord, for that listener who struggles, and we all struggle, would you help us as we take a step toward you, returning to you, returning to that first love, We invite you to do that restoration work in our hearts today, Jesus. And we pray it in your strong, restoring name. Amen. You know, I uh, I mentioned marriage, getting into the Word, returning to Jesus, those three. And we have so many ways to help you out with all three of those. Our Today in the Word devotional is available. Our Building Relationships radio program can help you in your marriage very practically. And the list goes on and on. All this and so much more is yours. We'd love to connect offer resources, and also provide a way for you to get involved in supporting this ministry. It all begins with your visit to moodypresents.org. I'm John Geiger. Join us next time, if you can, for Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.